Raf, welcome to the Being an Engineer podcast. Um, we're really excited to talk to you and learn a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are. Um, maybe to get started, uh, you've got a really interesting background because you didn't really start out as an engineer. You kind of went to a different different place and then decided that wasn't really for you. Can you tell us a little bit about what that journey looked like? Yeah, sure thing. So my name is Rafael Destai. That's where everyone can find me on LinkedIn and social media. And I started with a degree in molecular biology and genetics. It was a pre-medical degree. And I got my, my honor degree from Arizona State University, Barrett. So I did a lot of research, laboratory research with DNA and biology. And once I graduated, I decided that wasn't the route I wanted to take. I started a software company, a mobile application. I sold that company. That was my third company. And then I decided that I wanted to be an engineer for the rest of my life. Like that was my true calling in life. And I went through a, a whole bunch of rigorous exams to went through like Strengths Finder. That was one of the tests that I took. And I really dove deep to find out what it is that drives me. One of the reasons why I chose mechanical engineering as this career switch and my passion in life is because you can basically make uh, any tangible products. You're a very resourceful person once you have that skill set. And I found that in entrepreneurship, a lot of times entrepreneurs become customers. If you watch Shark Tank, a lot of the people that win or when the sharks interview the, the entrepreneurs, they ask them, what are you going to do with the money? And they say a lot of it goes to investment in R&D, uh, into engineering. And I thought to myself, what if I have a lot of ideas and I don't have a lot of money perhaps to pursue a lot of the ideas? Uh, I would want to have the skill set so I could at least build a prototype myself and then I could recruit and get investors. So that's what got me started in mechanical engineering and what led me to where I'm at. And you mentioned that was your uh, the, uh, the mobile app company that you sold. That was your, your third business. So you are a serial entrepreneur. Is that accurate? Yep. I am, I'm the definition of that. I'm serial. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, your career as a mechanical engineer might not be the same as a lot of mechanical engineers who end up working for, you know, this company or that company, but they kind of bounce around companies. What, what do you envision um, long term uh, for your career as a mechanical engineer? Uh, long term, I would definitely like to work on consumer products uh, and anything that could be medical to save people's lives or uh, improve their quality of life. What's more important than having health? If you don't have health, you can't really enjoy anything else. Yeah. So um, what are what are a few habits that you've developed over time that have proven to be really useful to you, either as an engineer or just uh, as a productive person in general? One thing that I like to do is plan the next day before I go to sleep. That's one of my night routines. Uh, I look at my calendar. I allocate different tasks, different things I want to do throughout the day, the next day. Even if it's going to the store, cooking, uh, doing something uh, work-related, I just put it in the calendar because there's something about, everyone heard this before a million times, there's something about writing it down that once you write it down, somehow it comes to fruition. So I like writing it down and then doing it the next day. I've heard I've heard this before, and I do something really similar myself. Uh, a lot of people I've talked to do this at the beginning of the day. Have you ever tried doing it at the beginning of the day? And if so, 
why do you do it uh, at nighttime versus the beginning of the day? That's a good idea too, but there's actually a reason for doing it the day before because if you write down what you want to do the next day before you go to sleep, sometimes you come up with a solution while you're sleeping. <laughs> the answers will just come to you and then you wake up the next day already knowing the answer to whatever you're going to do on CAD because you were thinking about it as you were sleeping. Nice. I love that. You give your subconscious mind to, or you give your subconscious mind a, an opportunity to solve some problems while you're sleeping, right? <laughs> yep. Always on the clock. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually read about this and there's, I mean, there's like science behind that, that if, if you think about a problem enough during the day, uh, maybe it's not enough just to spend, you know, three or four minutes right before bed. But if you're thinking out of, about a problem enough, during the day, when you go to sleep, your subconscious uh, uh, turns on and, and will start trying to solve that problem for you. So that's like a really efficient way to solve problems, it seems like. Yeah, a lot of ideas tend to come to us when we're in a relaxed state of mind, maybe taking a shower or driving, and they just come to us. So that's one of the reasons why I do it at night before I go to sleep. Uh, do you have any, can you think of any examples where something like that happened? If, if you can't think of anything off the, on the spot, that's fine. But it'd be interesting to hear if you had uh, some kind of story or anecdote. Um, uh, one thing that I'm working on right now as a fun side project would be perhaps to redesign a mask since we all know we're, we're recording this while the whole uh, coronavirus is going on. Uh, so I thought about myself, like, why not redesign a mask? So I've been looking at different uh, repositories or like places where you can find CAD um, files like grabcad.com. And I thought to myself, well, the first thing I would do is probably download a CAD file of a scanned head of a person. And then I can put whatever it is that I need in front of that head and extrude it towards the face and then cut the extra material to make that a good fit with the face, like where it fits, it fits around the cheeks area. So I was thinking about what features to utilize to get like a very precise fitting for the mask. And it just came to me what, like while I was sleeping, basically. I woke up and I had the answer. Nice. That's a great example. Um, what what resource would you use for the, uh, the anatomy of a human head in CAD? Uh, like what website? Yeah, is there a website or a resource that you use to download a CAD model, or is that something that you'd model yourself? Oh, no way. It would be something that uh, is uh, 3D scanned, hopefully, because that's as accurate as possible. And GrabCAD is usually my go-to. Actually, let's back up a little bit. So uh, let's talk a little bit about how you got started in your engineering career. Um, where did that, where did that journey begin? It began when I started, I mean, we're all human beings and we all get frustrated sometimes. And as I was running my company, Venki, the software company, I wasn't a software developer myself. I was the person that CEO, if you will, that was the title, but basically like a program manager that does everything, negotiate salaries, uh, get contractors, etc. But I would always depend on others to build my ideas. Like I needed the software developers to build the features that I wanted. And I didn't feel, it didn't feel good to have to rely on others because if others weren't motivated or they weren't working as quickly uh, as I could have, because I have a, a very big drive, then I had to depend on others to, to push products out the door and features. So I told myself, after I sell this company, I don't want to depend on anybody else to at least build a first prototype again. 
I want to be reliable, self-sufficient. That, that's what's got me started. Awesome. And have you been able to start realizing that even in small ways? Yeah, definitely. But you also learn about entrepreneurship that a lot of times as an entrepreneur, like the, the person that's leading the company, you spend a lot of time talking to people and solving. Uh, it's like people problems the majority of the time. You're just like dealing with people, making sure everybody gets along. And and after a while, uh, with, with my personality, I just like to get things done. And I, I sometimes run out of patience <laughs> with that. So I tell myself, what is it about it that I like the most? And I think what I like the most doing is having a canvas in front of me and being an artist and creating solutions. Um, because if you're the entrepreneur, a lot of times you got to spend a lot of time emailing and dealing with, with people problems. And I'm not sure that's what I enjoy the most at this stage of my life. I like creating now. Okay. What, what are a few experiences that you've had in the past that you feel like have prepared you to be a good engineer? I think that my biology and medicine and genetics prepare me to be a good engineer because of the high attention to detail. One of the, everyone says like very detail oriented, perfectionist, but let me give you an example. Like with genetics and DNA, it always, there's more detail to it. You can always zoom in. There's always more. It never stops. And when you have that mindset, you're always looking for more and you're being very careful. For instance, when I ran Ivanki, my previous company, Andrew Bart, one of my mentors, he's a multi-million dollar mentor. He has like multiple companies he sold, over 300, 300 million uh, worth of revenue that he sold. And he was one of my mentors. I'm very grateful to have him. And he has dozens of startups in the world that he mentors and is part of the advisory board. And in one meeting, he told me, Rafael, you're the most detail-oriented founder I've ever talked to. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you're probably saying that just uh, messing around as an expression. He's like, no, you really are. The way you pay attention to the detail, the Gantt charts, how you how you manage everything, like you're on top of it always. And I, I thought that was a good trait, something that I should pay attention to as I picked my next career, which ended up being engineering. Because as an engineer, you really got to be focused on the minor details that make all the difference. I agree. I agree. So this next question you may have just answered, but what's what's the best compliment that you've been given in a professional setting? I think that was the best compliment. Yeah. The, the, one that he, the most detailed me. founder he's ever met, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a big deal. What a huge compliment. Um, so I've worked with a lot of engineers over the years, and uh, I worked with ones that are really detail oriented, and uh, but but maybe take a little bit longer to get things done. And I've also worked with engineers that are not very detail oriented, but tend to get things done really quickly. Do you think that there's a balance in, in there, or is one better than the other? What are your thoughts generally about that? Absolutely. There is a balance and the balance is usually dictated by the budget. The budget will let you know how much time you can allocate usually. And as a rule of thumb, I, I either take two approaches. Whenever I have to do something, I, I tell myself, I'm not going to sleep until I finish this. Or the other one is, I'm going to give myself X amount of time to do this. And however much I can do, that's how much I'm going to dedicate. I'm going to move on to the next task. So I take one of the two different approaches. Oh, that's a good, I like that tactic. I'm going to give myself this much time 
and whatever I have done by that time, that's it. Uh, do you ever do you ever relax that a little bit at the end, or are you really really stringent all the time? Uh, on that first one, um, no, like. I usually would like to go more, but uh, if I tell myself I'm going to do this specific task for two hours, that's how much I give it. And I'm pretty good at getting to the uh, an acceptable and a good solution by the end of the two hours or however much time I decided. Nice. Nice. How about working with other engineers? Uh, maybe other engineers are, are slower than you or faster than you. Uh, have there been any any best practices that you've come across to effectively work with other engineers as part of a team. I was thinking about this the other day and I thought to myself, um, I noticed a pattern with, with certain people that we, we don't want to bother those around us. Uh, we think that if, if we contact them, then we're going to bother them. But I thought to myself, uh, sometimes you just need to talk and over over communicate almost like make sure that we're on the same page before making drastic changes or moving in a, in a direction. I agree 100%. Communication is super important. Um, so you're you're still fairly early in your engineering career. You, you've been um, applying yourself to this discipline for a few years now. Uh, but uh, even still, you've made a lot of progress. And where you are now is is far beyond where you were when you started. If you had to look back at yourself uh, when you had just started learning about engineering what what would you today what would today's raf tell um uh raf you know two years ago or or whenever it was that you started that that you wish you had known back then um i think that as as Efficiency is one of the things that defines me. It's one of my my favorite words, and that, that's a huge compliment. If someone tells me that I'm efficient, that's that's one of the best things you could tell me. Um, but at the same time, things take their time, and we have to understand and accept that some things just take time. You just you just have to deal with the problems, the everyday problems that come with it. You can't accelerate the curve sometimes as much as we want to. Uh, me personally, uh, there's only so much you can do, and you can take it. You have to take it one day at a time. So. Don't get uh, bogged down or stressed if it takes a little longer than you expect. Yeah. Can't accelerate the curve. Uh, as we know now during COVID-19, <laughs> you can't flatten the curve, but <laughs> no accelerating. <laughs> we don't want to do that. We, okay. we don't want to offend any of the listeners with our COVID-19 jokes, but that's our defense mechanism to cope with the situation. <laughs> you know, you got to have a good time. You got to laugh to keep from crying, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Because you're all out of toilet paper. Okay. Um, uh, can you share maybe like one one big success and and also maybe maybe a fail that you've had uh, that that you think might be interesting or enlightening for other people to hear? Uh, one success. I my university ASU contacted me. The career services from ASU contacted me because. They noticed on LinkedIn that I did a, a very quickly career switch from uh, genetics to software development to now uh, mechanical engineering. And they asked me how I did it and if I could mentor other alumni, ASU alumni around the world when it comes to switching careers. So if people at the career services, that they have quite a bit of experience with careers, they contacted me and they consider me someone that has done it successfully. I think that's a win. Uh I suppose um, some people stall or they don't want to go for it, but 
you got to go for it. Uh, so that would be a success, uh, a good career switch. Uh, a failure, I mean, lots of failures, <laughs> but we learn everywhere and they turn into okay. successes. Uh, yep. I can't think of anyone because I don't, I don't store information in my head like that. Like that was a failure. So nothing yeah, comes to yeah. mind right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's hard to come up with that kind of thing on the spot. All right. Um, every morning when you walk into work, is, is there ever like, um, do you ever have a, a biggest fear when you walk into work or is, is every day different? There's just nothing in particular that, that uh, you stress out or worry about? Sometimes with engineering, well, I, I guess quite a bit of times you're faced with problems that no one has ever solved before. So when someone comes to you and asks you how to do something, uh, you may not know right away, but um, it all comes down to being an engineer and an engineer is someone that can find the answers. So not knowing at the beginning of exactly what to do, but trusting in myself that it's who I am. I just find the answers to problems. Uh, so the first initial reaction is kind of like fear, but then, you know, like this is who I am. I found solutions. So, Do you have a, a process that you use? I mean, I agree. Engineers, are prob- our job is to solve problems. And in fact, uh, I when people ask me what an engineer does, I said I say that an engineer is a professional problem solver. That's what we do. That's what we get paid to do. Um, how do you go about solving problems? Do you have like a general process that you follow, or is every problem different and unique enough that you handle it differently? Every problem is usually unique enough, but there is a process that one can follow, like just the design process. Um, every, anyone can Google that. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with that. But one of the key things uh, that's been hammered down to me from all the different courses that I've taken and from what I've seen engineers around me um, is really defining the problem. Sometimes we're handed a cartoon CAD that other engineers have worked on to kind of solve the problem and then the customer changes their mind and they don't want to move forward with that engineering firm. And maybe they'll, they'll come to me or they'll come to us. And we have to look at what they did before the previous engineers, but we don't necessarily have to move in the same direction because we, you heard this phrase a lot. You have to stick, take a step back and see really what the problem is because the, the, the solution may not be what the other person started or may not be what everyone appears to think is evident. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, last question. Um, I think that engineers have kind of a, a unique mindset. Uh, how do you think you look at the world, or or maybe do you think you look at the world differently than the non-engineers because of the training and experience you've had as an engineer? I've heard Steve Jobs say this. I used to read books about Steve Jobs and other successful founders, but everything around us is made by humans. And that it makes things uh, less intimidating, if you will. Like if you find something um, very appealing, like a mechanism, the way something moves, the, door, the way a door opens, or maybe even a pool cleaner, it was made by, by a human, just like yourself. And if you have that skill set, you could build it yourself or you can even build something better. And I'm all about doing uh, the best that I can. And then it's like a competition. I'm very competitive. So whatever it is that I'm doing, I want to build the best that's ever been done. So that's the way I look at things. Nice. My wife, she makes fun of me because every time I pick something up, I'm always 
turning it around in my hands and analyzing it and, and thinking about what manufacturing process was used to make this, you know, like where are the parting lines, where are the ejector pin marks, that kind of thing. She always gives me a hard time, but that's, uh, yeah, engineers are the best. You can never be bored with that mindset. I agree. Yeah. It's uh, um, eternal curiosity, right? Exactly. All right. Well, Raph, uh, I think we'll wrap it up now. Thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing a little bit about uh, your experience as an engineer. Um, very much appreciated. Any, any last words that you'd like to leave us with? I'm just a learner for life. So I'm always going to continue learning. And hopefully, I pray that I keep my exciting and my enthusiasm because that's one of the things that drives me. I'm very excited to wake up every day and do what I do. Can't put it better than that. Thank you, Raf. Thanks for having me. I'm Aaron Monker, founder of Pipeline Design and Engineering. If you liked what you heard today, please leave us a positive review. It really helps other people find the show. To learn how your engineering team can leverage our team's expertise in developing turnkey custom test fixtures, automated equipment, and product design, visit us at testfixturedesign.com. Thanks for listening.